0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sharp Lessons Podcast, sponsored by Stadium Stadium's number one betting podcast out there in the ether. We got the Professor Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, we're back. Uh, after being off a, a week, I was in the lovely city of Las Vegas with the uh, our betting TV show that we have live on the line. And uh, man, it was like Christmas going to being in Vegas, and it was the first round of March Madness. Couldn't get any better.
1: Yeah, I know uh, people always talk about first week of the tournament as a time to go to Vegas, so kind of jealous that you were there, but at the same time, <laughs> uh, not bad being here in the in the Midwest and now with sports betting on your fingertips from your app, uh, maybe a little yes. bit. Uh, I was jealous uh, of not that as much on fun my world. end. <laughs> yeah, right. I know in Vegas you have to set up your own app or go to the kiosk yeah. or the window, and that's a little bit different than them betting on your balance but it looked like a fun time and some good stuff that you came back with for social and uh and the live on the line show make sure to follow that twitter account because that's a show that we've been working on the last uh two months pretty much behind the scenes and probably has uh led to the decrease of the podcast but it's good that we're doing that and we're still gonna do the podcast every once in a while and i know we wanted to do something for the Sweet Sixteen beginning on Thursday evening with eight games over the next two days. Looking forward to it after, a, I don't know, up and down weekend for me, betting-wise, definitely a, a down weekend. Um, yeah, we can get more into that as we go through the games because I have some maybe some rants that I didn't have to get a chance to do last week about the uh, the seeding by the NCAA turd- com- Tournament Committee uh, that we can go through as we talk about the games. But fresh slate, looking forward to uh, all the games in the next few days and then this weekend. And I do have a best bet that I'll share that I bet Sunday night as soon as that game open that I think uh, might surprise some people.
0: Hey, we're going to have two weeks where we have two shows in a row. We're going to have this week and then I'm guessing we'll do next week for the Final Four. So there you go. We're back to uh, at least being in the podcast apps consistently once a (laughs) week, something like that at the very least. You know, without football, it makes sense that, we're going on a little bit less, but we got NFL playoffs yeah. or NBA playoffs coming up. We got betting for the NFL draft that I'm sure we'll do. So yes. we got some stuff. We got some stuff coming up.
1: Yeah, definitely. The draft's always a fun one. And then and the Masters and then we'll have some more majors. So let's get to it, though. NCAA tournament, uh, Sweet
0: 16. Yeah. And one's going to be in Chicago. So we're excited about that. It's going to be at the United Center. We also have some taking place in San Francisco, San Antonio and in Philly. Uh, we could start over at that West region. Uh, we got those four teams Arkansas, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, and Duke. That first game with uh, Arkansas, Gonzaga, the Zags are minus nine and a half point favorites. Total at 154.5. It's a high total for both these teams, but Gonzaga comes in. I know I have them in my bracket, and they're like the only good thing right now about my bracket that's still succeeding. Um, uh, but Arkansas is a tough team, as we know, coming out of the SEC. So you, you see this nine and a half line. Not at double digits just yet, but man, it's it's been hard to bet these heavy, heavy favorites in tournament games this year, because you look at a number like that and you're like, Arkansas could very well win this game with with the way Gonzaga has sometimes played towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, definitely. This, this line opened minus eight, so I, I think we might get to double digits maybe by tomorrow, just because I think with gonzaga and and it is a high total but gonzaga also is the number one offensive team in terms of efficiency in the country and and when they're on as we saw in the second half against memphis on saturday night they're almost unstoppable and i think that game against memphis may have been a wake up call for gonzaga against so us memphis who's a nine seed but I think they were very under because of the way they played in the latter part of the season, where they beat Houston twice, including at Houston, before falling to them the third time in the AAC title game. So Memphis was probably more like a 5 or a 6 seed. So I think that even though they struggled in the second round, they were playing a really good team. And I think against Arkansas, they're going to be able to score a lot. Arkansas isn't a great shooting team. So I think that they're going to have trouble staying within this number. I can see Gonzaga blow out in this game, especially a game in San Francisco on the West Coast where they're going to have the crowd advantage. And I know Arkansas out of the SEC, but they're the SEC's last hope because the other five SEC teams have fallen. So maybe the SEC was a little overrated this year, which honestly surprised me because I was pretty high on that conference. But maybe they were just kind of beating up on each other and not very good. Uh, and one other point in this game I, I want to look at, but I remember last week of the regular season, Arkansas was 50 to one to win the national title. And they were kind of a trendy, like, oh, get, get on them now. Cause they're going to be like a three or a four seed in the tournament. And you know, this is a good number at 50 to one. If you look at them now, even though they won two games, at the NCAA tournament and they're in the sweet 16 right now, if you want to bet Arkansas to win the title, they're still 50 to one because this path was pretty brutal for them. And even though they did avoid UConn and only played Vermont and New Mexico State, this path where even if they beat Gonzaga, they play the winner of Texas Tech-Duke just to get to the Final Four, not any favors the committee did for Arkansas. Good story for them after they started off slow, and they really picked it up as the season goes on. But I think this is a huge step up in class for the Razorbacks. And for me, it's Gonzaga or a pass in this game. I think Gonzaga wins by double digits. But because of the line move, I'm not going to bet it at least before the game.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. You know, the success that I've had so far in this tournament, I, I found that betting games, full games by themselves, has been detrimental to my wallet. So I've been doing some other things. I've been doing, like, some first-half bets, some team totals. We were doing a lot of first-to-15 bets, which is the dumbest, most degenerate bet you can do, <laughs> but it's very fun when you're in a sports book and everything. Um, yeah. But I, I kind of... You know, I know Gonzaga is a very good first-half team. They have been a very good first-half team this season. But you look at their last three games and you look at what they've done in this tournament. They were the number one team in the nation in first-half margin. They were beating up on teams by an average of about 12 points. They had a 12-point lead on average at halftime throughout the regular season. In the tournament, it's only .7. So... I could definitely see it being a blowout come the second half. And I think we saw this in in their game as well uh, in their last game and the game before that. But I can see Arkansas at least making a push in that first half. They're plus four and a half. If this line goes up past 10, I think I might start betting Arkansas first half. I can see Arkansas staying with them for 20 minutes of basketball. Gonzaga shapes up at halftime and does what they do so well on offense and just blows them out in the second half. But I think Arkansas is a good enough team to be able to stay with them at least a little bit in that first half.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't hate that idea. I guess you're basically kind of predicting that the game kind of plays out how it did against Memphis where Memphis yeah. kind of punches them in the mouth. And I would say Memphis, even though they were nine C they, they have elite talent. Like they were all mostly five-star kids at Penny Hardway, a former AAU coach. So maybe they lacked a little bit in like the coaching in game stuff, but they do have a lot of talent. I'm not even sh- I, Yeah, I, I, so I'm going to maybe wait. Maybe I'll wait till halftime to bet Gonzaga. And if it is a they slow start move for the Zags, so maybe Arkansas early in the game, Gonzaga late. Uh, personally, if you're, I think there's some better betting opportunities this weekend, but uh, fascinating to see how Gonzaga responds after a not so good performance
0: overall against Memphis uh, last Saturday. All right, we'll move on to the 3 2 game in the West region, Texas Tech and Duke. Texas Tech, one and a half point favorites. Totals at 137. And I'm telling you right now, Nate, I was a Duke hater heading into this tournament. Didn't like them, <laughs> Hadn't wanted nothing to do with Coach K. But I'll be honest, I've been I've been impressed with what they have done. And if I can get Duke as an underdog, I know it's against Texas Tech, but if I can get him as an underdog, I might jump all over that.
1: So here's my spoiler. The best bet for the for the week, the, something I bet Sunday night, I bet Texas Tech minus one right away. I'm on the other side. Ooh. Ben, I mean, were you really that impressed about Duke being down late against a Michigan State team that's not a classic Tom Izzo team? I mean, I, I wasn't, and I wasn't impressed with them in the ACC tournament, uh, having trouble against a uh, Buddy Bayheim less Syracuse in the quarterfinals. And then in the semifinals, Playing a really close game against Miami, although maybe that was a, a better loss now knowing that the Hurricanes were maybe a little bit undervalued based on how they have performed this tournament and then losing to Virginia Tech in a game in the second half they were never in. So I'm, I'm fading Duke here out in San Francisco. I like Texas Tech. Uh, actually, Texas Tech was a team I bet on against a lot this uh, regular season, especially on the road in the Big 12. But I think this is a good, perfect storm situation, and I think the line says a lot that Texas Tech is the favorite in this game. I think it says a lot that they opened as a favorite, even though Duke, such a public team, and Coach K's last season. So I like Texas Tech here, the number one offense in the country, against a Duke team that obviously has a lot of talent and athleticism. But when it comes to, like, the half-court sets, it's not very good from Duke. So I like Texas Tech here. My biggest worry— is the foul situation and if Duke is going to get a favorable whistle because the NCAA tournament and NCAA, the NCAA wants Duke to progress to the Elite Eight to maybe play Gonzaga and maybe even the Final Four against North Carolina. So that's what obviously a big, a big worry for me and what's holding me back of maybe making it a bigger bet. But I bet Texas Tech minus one at the place where it's one and a half for Texas Tech at minus 105. You can also get minus 115 on the money line, which is definitely a better bet. So I look at the Texas Tech money line, 115 or better. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and see if maybe if that money line is still available or I can get a better money line because Duke money comes in and it sways the line, Uh, betting a little bit more on Texas Tech. Obviously, I'm worried about the fouls, but I think matchup-wise, this is a really good one for Texas Tech against a Duke team that is a 2C by their name but they're very overseeded in my opinion.
0: Look at that. You've got the uh, little conspiracy theory Nate going on with the uh, NCAA wanting Duke to be uh, playing well, Gonzaga.
1: I don't even know if it's conspiracy theory. I think that <laughs> I've watched enough college basketball in my life where I've seen Duke get so many favorable whistles and the fact that the NCAA really cares about money and ratings that uh, I think it's uh, there's definitely some credence to it. And another reason I like this game, Texas Tech really had a poor shooting performance against Notre Dame on Sunday, but they did survive. I think that they're going to kind of bounce back offensively after really being poor against Notre Dame. Maybe they got their worst game out of the way. And as I think I said, uh, the games in San Francisco, I actually think there's going to be more Texas Tech fans at the game. So um, it's Duke obviously has like a national brand, but I don't think their fans are going to be making the trip that far. Uh, to San Francisco, especially because Gonzaga fans, I'm sure, are going to drive the price up of the tickets. And I'm sure Texas Tech, I mean, what what else is there to do in Lubbock? Other than support, the the athletic program at your school that's kind of uh, made your
0: school proud the last five years because they haven't gotten anything from their football program down there. So I do still like Duke as an underdog, but it's not my favorite bet in this game. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under 137. And – you just have to look at the metrics, right? You look at Texas Tech; they're the second or third best defensive team uh, according to adjusted defensive efficiency in the in the country. Duke plays middle of the road pace of play, and it's even slowed down even more in the tournament. They're probably a bottom third in terms of pace of play of all the teams that are playing in the tournament. I love the under one thirty seven. I think that number is a little bit too high. I even like under first half in a game like this i love to do unders first half in the first round of the tournament it's a it's a new court yes everything all you know you got the adrenaline going everything like that with both these teams and i think it's the same now that everyone's switching venues you're going to get the same issue they're getting used to the rim they're getting used to the court it's the sweet 16 under 64 and a half for the first half or under 137 for this game i think are both really good bets better than than my duke pick that's more of just like a I hate to do it, but I kind of like Duke with the number, but I really, really like the under or the under first half. And
1: one reason if you do like going under in these games and why it's typically better to focus in on the first half is the teams know if if they lose, they're out of it, so they're not going to stop following late in the game. Sometimes if it's like a nine-point deficit with 20 seconds left on a regular season game, you call off the dogs. But in a game like this tournament setting, you're going to be fouling until – Until the coach tells you not to, which is probably going to be very late, and that could obviously lead to more points based on three throws and just extending the game. So, I like always going first half in uh, NCAA tournament games if you do want to bet under. And you make a good point; these are going to be all I think four NBA arenas, and it's a little bit different shooting in an NBA arena than a tighter college environment, especially it do get hammered indoor where it's very close quarters where the walls are 9000 people and pretty much the same thing with like, like Gonzaga very intimate gym Texas Tech a little bit of a smaller gym so as we go down the line just know that I wouldn't blindly bet the unders but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of unders uh, kind of happened or there's a lot of sharp money on the under with that angle that they're in uh, new shooting surroundings
0: all right let's go down south Texas yeehaw <laughs> Nate we're going Michigan Villanova <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Villanova's minus four and a half in San Antonio. The total's 135 and a half. It was interesting. Hunter Dickinson from Michigan, uh, they were talking to him about yeah. what he thinks of Villanova, and he called them a more disciplined <laughs> Iowa, which I thought was very funny. But it's an interesting line at four and a half. You leaning one way or the other? Yeah, I, when I saw that uh, tweet, I, I kind of laughed out loud.
1: Just I was by myself. They're and funny. I was like, "What? that's like just a – I don't even know if that's – a." An, really I think mean. it's like an insult to Villanova. I don't know. It's it's just like a weird quote. I, I think the tweet said like there was like laughter after that quote. So yeah. I don't even know what he if he's trying to make a joke or if he actually believes that. Uh but back to the game. Uh Michigan Villanova two teams uh playing in Texas and San Antonio and uh first Ben, what's your thoughts on Michigan and the path they got to the uh, this point and the fact that Indiana, your pride and joy, the Hoosiers beat Michigan in a comeback fashion in the Big 10 quarterfinals or the second round wherever it was and uh, Indiana kind of got a raw deal I thought being part of the playing game in Dayton and then having to go out on Thursday early evening to play in I believe it was Portland on very short rest. Yep. Meanwhile, Michigan gets the 11 seed, uh, plays the early game as a 11 seed against a 6 seed Colorado State who was definitely overseeded in Indianapolis in the same building where they blew that lead to Indiana uh, was a six days before or seven days before. And then they end up playing uh, a Rick Barnes team. And we always know Rick Barnes in the tournament uh, could be a little That's bit disappointing. Good. And now they're in the sweet 16. So did that bother you at all? Cause it bothered me and I have no allegiance to uh, Indiana university. They did, and they should
0: have switched spots. It really – it should have been flipped. Michigan should have been in the playing game, right. and Indiana probably should have just taken their spot as an 11 seed. You know, if they're playing in Indianapolis, so be it. It's a home game for them. I would have been happy. <laughs> they probably they probably would have beaten Colorado State. I don't think they would have beaten Tennessee, and I know Rick Barnes is a big, big choking guy in the tournament, but <laughs> I don't think they would have had enough to overtake no. Tennessee. And I, I was shocked by Michigan beating Tennessee. I really was, and I think – It solidified the fact that they were correctly seated in front of Indiana, I guess, because I don't know if Indiana wins that game.
1: Yeah, Michigan didn't have a good record this year, but they had COVID issues in the middle of the Big Ten season, injuries. It was a weird start for the year for them, but they had enough big wins down the stretch. And they were actually a team I was looking to bet on um, down the stretch of the season, and I was pretty good at picking my spots with them. Uh, this game, though, I think a little bit different. Uh, they were plus six or six and a half against Tennessee last time out. Now it's, I know I've seen some five, some four and a half. I think it opened Nova minus four. I just think this is kind of a, a matchup for Michigan against a really good, disciplined three-point shooting team it was really good and like, the half-court setting, that, especially if their point guard, Devontae Jones for Michigan is banged up where Colin Colosby could have a huge game here for Villanova. So I think Michigan was a little lucky against Tennessee. I was on them just because I just wanted to fade Rick Barnes at a big number, and Tennessee kind of just, I thought that was their peak, especially that they won the SEC tournament. Tennessee shot two of 18 from three in that game. There's no shot that Villanova is going to shoot that poorly in this game on a on Thursday. So for me, it's probably Villanova pass. I think they're going to win the game. A little bit uncomfortable laying the number here just because I have bet on Michigan a handful of times this season. Uh, but really nothing for me here.
0: Uh, slight lean, I guess, to Villanova if I had to play it. Yeah, Michigan has fast starts. And they have tended to have fast starts as of late. They they have been impressive out of the gate. We didn't see it a ton uh, early on but i mean they, they've they made a pretty good impression in terms of fast starts so i i think this is a game if you like nova you probably live bet it you probably wait uh either mid like 10 minute mark in the first half see where yeah. it's at maybe you can get villanova a little bit of a better number maybe you know two two and a half even even getting it within one possession i think could be very important if michigan has a four or five point lead you know, I think a lot of these, especially if you're looking at some of these live betting lines, they can overreact a good amount early on in the game because it is so easy for a team that's good like Villanova, who's down seven, eight, nine points in the first half to make a run towards just even the end of the half and come back and, and come close to tying it. So if you can see a line that goes in favor of Villanova midway through the first, if Michigan started out hot, I think that's the, the, the avenue that you go through. I would not hit Nova minus 4.5 to begin this game. Um, the total at 135.5 seems seems about right, and I don't think I can vouch for the over. I really can't. Yeah, and one last
1: thing about this game that's worth noting, especially, as I mentioned, with three throws being such a huge component, Villanova, the best three-throw shooting team in the country out of the yep. 358 teams in Division One college basketball. So every point, every half point counts. If Villanova's up by a small margin late in Michigan's fouling, uh, there could definitely be some spread drama in terms of the number right now at four and a half or, or minus
0: five. All right, let's move on to the next game in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, and Arizona. This is a game I'm really looking forward to, and you yeah. know how much respect Houston now has because Arizona, who was a really good team throughout the year, I mean, they got the one seed. They're only one and a half point favorites. Over the five seed Houston, one forty five and a half is the total. It's hard for me to not bet Houston in this situation, especially because you know, Arizona with a bad call, a bad no call, probably isn't in this situation anyway. So I kinda like Houston Houston here my plus one and a half.
1: Yeah, this is a game I'm I'm super conflicted on because Houston is a team that I definitely liked in the NCAA tournament going in, although I did bet against them on Sunday when they were a four and a half point favorite against Illinois. I just didn't think much separated those teams, or that much should separate those teams, and I was clearly wrong. And, and so was the NCAA tournament committee. Putting this team as a five seed is this absolute crime. I mean I think they're better than than most two seeds, they're probably better than all the three seeds. Uh, I know the AAC doesn't get a lot of respect, and we saw it with Memphis' seed, but Houston as a five seed was something when I was watching the tournament, uh, the selection show uh, that Sunday, and I was like, how is this possible that Houston is a five seed? I think they're a very good team, and as you said, now they're getting respect. or they've. I mean, I think they've always had pretty good respect from the, uh, the betting numbers always this season, Uh, but to be only one and a half against an Arizona team that if you looked at their point spreads throughout the year, they were always huge favorites in these Pac-12 games against some of the bad Pac-12 teams. But even against USC and UCLA, like when they played UCLA uh, in Tucson, they were like favored by seven or something, which is a huge number against a UCLA team that's highly regarded in the betting market as well. So, Fascinating that the line is, is where it is. It seems like Houston seems like the side, especially with the, uh, the injury to Arizona point guard Kurt who looked horrible in his return to the lineup off an ankle injury, suffered in the Pac-12 tournament game, and horrible performance against TCU. So part of me wanted to bet Arizona, especially if it was like a short money line, minus 120, thinking that you could maybe buy low on them off a of bad performance against TCU, and maybe they bounce back. But the way Houston was so good on the offensive glass against Illinois, and how Arizona struggled in that area late Sunday night, I think Houston could could definitely win this game. And the game's in San Antonio, so three hour drive from Houston. So even though Arizona does have a good traveling crew that comes and fo- goes and fouls them, I think there's gonna be a lot of Houston fans at this game as well. So really torn on this game. Can make a case for either side. Just kind of going to be excited to sit back and watch because I think it's one of the games that it's basically a, a national title level game that we're getting in the Sweet 16 on on the Thursday of Sweet 16 it's uh, be great. round and, and and it really could be the the Monday title game or at least a Final Four game.
0: I'm definitely going first half Houston. They are the eighth best team in the tournament in first half scoring margin. This season, they, they outscored their opponents by more than eight points in the first half. So I'm definitely going to be going Houston first half. And I think if you look at their uh, first half money line, I believe you can get them at plus money, at least very close to plus money. It's, right. yeah, minus 105. I'm sure by game time it'll be close to plus money, minus 110, a pretty good number. Um, but boxing out and rebounding, that's <laughs> what Houston does so well. Yeah. And if I'm Arizona, the only thing I'm practicing before this game is is boxing people out. That's the only thing I'm practicing, rebounding and boxing out, butts to nuts, as they say. That's all you have to do. It's the easiest game plan out there, and teams yeah. still don't know how to do it. It's just like, you know, you hear people say, oh, they want the ball more, and you think about it, it's a stupid saying, but sometimes it just looks like Houston wants that rebound more, and and we saw it a lot in this term. We saw it during the regular season. So if Arizona doesn't get their head straight and, and starts giving up rebounds like they did in their second-round game, they're in trouble. They're going to be in trouble. And I think yep. that margin is enough at least to keep it close for Houston through one half of basketball, through with Arizona, I should say. Yep, definitely. And
1: and what a slate of games on Thursday. Those were all the Thursday games we just broke Ooh, through. And yeah. I, I would take all, rather watch all those Thursday games than than any of the ones on Friday that we're going to break down, including, yeah. the, including the one we're about to talk to involving uh, the true yeah. Cinderella of this uh, March Madness.
0: Yeah, Friday games could get a little gross. Um So let's do the East region. That's going to be in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, you got the Peacocks taking out Purdue. Cinderella, yeah. they're a 12.5-point underdog to the Boilermakers. 135.5 is the total. Uh, I just, like, I want to bet St. Peter's, <laughs> I really do. I want them to go yeah. as far as they possibly can. I don't like Purdue as an Indiana alum, so it would be great to see them <laughs> lose to St. Peter's. But I don't I, I don't know how they stop the big men up front for Purdue. I really don't. St. Peter's is not a tall yeah. team. And either they're going to be sending Purdue to the line 45, 50 times, or they're just going to lose because they give up so many points in the paint.
1: Yeah, just ask Texas, who on Sunday against Purdue, uh, Purdue had a forty-six to twelve free throw attempt yeah. advantage over Texas. Now that's Texas. That's a team with some size, and they still weren't a were had a lot of fouls. And maybe part of it was the ref giving Purdue a good whistle. But I mean, it, it, I mean, at that point, it's also because of who the teams are. And St. Peter's literally has no size. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, it's for for me, it's Purdue or pass. When I was looking at the game and trying to like figure out if the point spread was correct, St. Peter's was 18.5 in their win against Kentucky. They were plus 8 against Murray State. I guess they should deserve an upgrade because they won those two games in the NCAA tournament. But I'm thinking like, in, if you're in St. Peter's shoes, you go back to campus. Everyone is just giving you praises, uh, you know, tapping you, patting you on the shoulder, I feel like this week could be a, a tough one for St. Peter's where they're very distracted, maybe some yep. parties thrown in the mix, and that they already did oh, yeah. their job getting to the Sweet 16, put the school on the map. The head coach is going to be the scene Hall coach, at least that's what all indications look, Shaheen Holloway, who used to play at scene Hall. So I think that I could see a totally poor performance from St. Peter's, and no one would blame him at all because of the situation, and I guess one thing for them in their favor is the game is in Philadelphia, so probably not too far. An hour and 45 away. Yeah, from Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, yeah. So at least they're not going like to San Antonio or something, I guess. But I, for me, it's Purdue or pass. Uh, great story, but I could see St. Peter's just kind of laying an egg in this situation
0: um, on the second weekend of the tournament. All right, North Carolina, UCLA. Now this game, Nate, could be a little could be a little bit fun. You know, the rest yeah. of the slate not great on Friday, but you get UNC and UCLA playing against each other, two classic blue bloods. UCLA yep. less than a, a possession favorite at minus two and a half. One forty one and a half is the total. I personally have bet with UNC in their tournament games. I bet against UNC in their tournament games. I, I want to feel like like their good luck and their good play is gonna <laughs> run out, but I, I don't know. They've been playing so well. Brady yeah. Manic has been playing out of his mind as of late, and I, I, they just seem like they're a team that's poised to make at least the elite eight.
1: Yeah, they shot very well in Fort Worth. And, w- and one thing you have to consider is if that good shooting is going to continue because you have new sight lines yep. at an NBA stadium in Philadelphia. But as you mentioned, USC do- UNC does have talent, just a team that was kind of wildly inconsistent this year under first year head coach Herbert Davis or Hubert Davis, pardon me. But North Carolina, yeah, like you said, team that struggled where like they lose the pit at home. They almost lose the Syracuse at home. But then the three of their last five games, you win at Cameron Indoor Stadium in Coach K's last game and play extraordinarily well. Then the last two games, you blow out Marquette in the NCAA tournament on Thursday afternoon, and then you get out to a 25-point lead against Baylor, a team that a lot of people respect. And even though they blew the lead and they uh, needed overtime to win that game, the fact that they were able to get out to that lead kind of shows me that UNC is maybe peaking at the right time. And on the other side, UCLA really probably should have lost to Akron in the first round. That's a game I was paying close attention to. Yeah. They do bounce back in St. Mary's, but then one of their star player Jaime Jaquez, who was one of the stars of their Final Four team last year, suffers an ankle injury. And who knows? I he's not going to be. I doubt he's going to be 100%. He might give it a go, but that injury has me worried. It's going to keep me off UCLA because I thought this line was a little bit short um, in favor of the Bruins. But with the way the team is team is trending in, in Chapel Hill and North Carolina, probably going to stay away from this, especially since the game's in Philadelphia. So you'd have to expect there's a lot more UNC fans than UCLA, or at least the UNC has an edge because it's a much
0: shorter trip to Philadelphia than it is for UCLA. So the two plays that I would suggest for this game, and they're very different plays depending on how you were thinking, <laughs> One yeah. of them would be the over. And if you think you if you if UNC is going to come in and they're going to stay hot shooting-wise and they're going to be a right. really good offensive team, UCLA is going to be able to match that at the very least. It's probably going to be a close game. I don't want, you're not going to bet this because you think it's going to go into overtime, but it's going to at least be close enough where we may see a lot of free throws at the end of the game. You may see like a 74-71 type of game. However, if you do think that UNC is going to come in and lay an egg the sight lines are going to mess with their, with their shooting or the, the, the shooting that they've been doing so well is going to be run out eventually. And this is the point where it runs out. I would bet the UNC points under because that total is pretty high and you can get under 70 and a half for UNC at like minus 115. So I think that's a high enough number where you can be comfortable betting the under if you really don't think UNC is going to come in and, and keep their hot shooting. But if you think both teams are going to come in, play well, feed off each other, the offenses are going to be high high paced you can go the over so it's really two different directions that you can go over and the game could still technically go over and UNC get the team total under 2 if UCLA really blows them out of the water but i, I those are the two directions that i'm looking at right now
1: sounds like you're trying to talk yourself into a same game parlay yes. on a well, on this game for some action i think it's the uh, not the latest tip but the late game on friday night so it looks like you want to uh, have some some crazy action at the uh, at the Watery oh, Hole that you happen to watch that game at.
0: Oh, yeah. And on my phone. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to the Midwest region in Chicago. We got Providence in Kansas. Kansas minus seven and a half with this game at the United Center. There's going to be a lot of Kansas fans in town. 141 and a half is the, is the total. Um, Providence is, has been the team everyone's been doubting. I know that. <laughs> People have been like, Providence can't even get past the first round. Yeah. They do that. Providence can't get past in the Sweet 16. They do that. Is this when Providence's, I don't want to say luck, but their ability runs out facing a team like Kansas? Well, I think you can say luck because if you look at the Ken Pomeroy luck
1: rating, Providence is number one in the country in that. And its I think it's like so much talked about that even like a casual college basketball fan who just started following the tournament is like, oh, yeah, we know that Providence is lucky and they – they uh, probably shouldn't be at this point, but here they are, a four seed uh, getting seven and a half against one seed Kansas. So, I, I mean, I guess you could just look at Providence, how they were overseeded, but and the fact that they were a two and a half point on, a favorite on Thursday against the Summit Summit League champions in San Diego or South Dakota State, and then on Saturday they closed uh, minus three and a half against Richmond, and Richmond with the sixth seed in the a 10 who needed to win four games in four days at the a 10 tournament just to get into the dance. And they definitely look like a tired bunch on Saturday against Providence. So I think Providence has had a fortunate path and not having to play Iowa, who I think would have been a pretty substantial favorite against them on Saturday. And if it was Iowa, this spread would be very close between Iowa and Kansas. Uh, but we'll see. I think Providence, they're a team that... They've played a lot of close games this season. They've done very well in the underdog role. I think Kansas might be a little bit of a vulnerable one seed. I know that they are a one seed and they're at this point and they probably have the best odds to make the Final Four out of all the teams because of their path. But I think that they maybe lack a little bit something and I don't trust them to lay such a big number um, and cover a big number and Providence is kind of a team that has experience and they're physical and they're going to want to slow down the pace into this game and kind of like Providence. And if you do like Providence, I think the under at 141 and a half makes a lot of sense. I think it's a bit correlated. If this game ends up being kind of a shootout uh, and Kansas is running all over Providence in, in transition, um, then, and their scoring's high, then it's probably not going to be good for Providence. I think they're going to really want to slow down the pace and ugly the game up. So Um, if I had to play it, I guess reluctantly would take Providence, uh, catching the points and hope they kind of play close to the best, just like they've had all season long.
0: I really, really want to hit Kansas minus seven and a half. I really, really do. I don't think I will, Nate, because I think I have a game plan for this game. I'm going to bet Providence first half. Get on their spread for the first half. I think they do play like you said, physical basketball. Slow the pace down. Keep the number low. They're going to stay close to Kansas in that first half. Second half comes along. Halftime. Get up. Get a drink. Get some popcorn. <laughs> live bet Kansas. That's the okay. game plan that I'm going with. Providence first half. You live bet Kansas second half. If it's close, as long as you know Providence may be winning, they may win that first half. Um, at the very least, I think they keep it close. You bet Kansas second half. Kansas talent and ability finally break through providence luck runs out kansas covers in the second half i think that game plan is solid airtight nothing can go wrong there that's what i'm gonna be doing yeah possibly i think the only worry and just about that like the reason
1: i'm probably gonna stay away from providence not just because like the luck stuff but also you mentioned i think at the beginning of the show there's gonna be a lot of kansas fans in chicago so a hidden home court edge for kansas they have a lot of alumni here and they're going to travel to Chicago for the weekend with a great chance to make the final four, knowing that they're probably going to be here Sunday too, if they just have to beat Providence. So that worries me a little bit that Providence a team that obviously doesn't have as much of a traveling support, um, others than outside of the, the New England area. So. Uh, that's kind of what's holding me back on, on wagering on Providence, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of keep it close and maybe Kansas feels a little bit of pressure knowing that everyone is saying you have such an easy path that maybe they're looking ahead to New Orleans uh, next weekend as opposed to what's ahead of them.
0: All right, the final game, Iowa State and Miami, two teams that could not be from more different places if they <laughs> tried. Miami minus 2.5 in this one. That total is 133.5. Two uh, double-digit seeds fighting for yeah. that Elite Eight spot. Uh, two teams that I did not expect to see coming to Chicago. I was expecting maybe Wisconsin, <laughs> definitely Auburn, uh, yeah. but maybe a Wisconsin team. But Miami and Iowa State have been playing really well. They've been hot. Um, I think this can be the really sneaky, fun game of the Friday night. I think this game starts at 9 Central, so it's going to be a bit of a late start, but... This, this has the makings of being kind of like one of those all-timey, weird-type NCAA tournament games with a chance for the for the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, I think you, you were talking about how there's like two schools that are completely different. I think you were referring to geography, but you could also say this, that about the playing styles of both teams, where Miami's more offensive-minded, want to run and gun. Meanwhile, Iowa State... Uh, if you like a good offensive basketball, you probably don't want to watch Iowa State basketball. At least this no. version of Iowa State, uh, <laughs> not a great offensive team at all. Uh, and I think that's why they were able to upset Wisconsin because they were able to play to the uh, against a style that kind of suited their game and a, a pace that suited their game. Along with Wisconsin losing their point guard to an injury in the uh, in the first half. But uh, back to this game, and actually back to this region. And how it's a, you know, 11 and 10. But when, so I mentioned when like Houston got the five seed, I was kind of ticked off by that. But when they were announcing the seeds for this uh, region, it was like all teams I wanted to bet against. Uh, the two seed in Auburn, I thought was vulnerable. Three seed Wisconsin, uh, another team that was very lucky this season, not as good as a record. Obviously, we talked about Providence, the fourth seed. Uh, the sixth seed was LSU, who just fired their coach. Uh, the the 10 seed, Miami, was a team I didn't really think much of. Same thing with the 11 seed, Iowa State. USC was a 7 seed who have a few talented players, but I know they were definitely overrated going into this tournament. Uh, the 9 seed was Creighton, who was out without their point guard for the last few weeks and then lose their big guy before Kansas. So this region, I'm, not, I'm surprised that these teams are playing, but at the same time, I th- knew there was probably going to be a Sweet 16 game that would be chaotic. And I've had, I think in my bracket, LSU Auburn, uh, but no, it's Iowa state and Miami. So for me in this game, I noticed on Sunday night when this matchup was set, Iowa state actually had one place. I think we're uh, one place. Lo- like we can bet on um, here in, in the most states in America, Iowa state actually opened as a one point favorite. And that did not last long as I, I think by Monday morning, it got out to Miami minus two and a half. So, Thought it was kind of telling that a lot of early money on Miami. If it got to plus three, I thought Iowa State maybe would be tempting because they will play such a a game where they're gonna like grind it out and make it ugly. But at the same time, looking back at the box score against Wisconsin, I mentioned Wisconsin lost their point guard, but also Wisconsin shot two of twenty-two from three. So it was kind of an all time bad performance from Wisconsin. That's why Iowa State's at this point. I don't think they're very good, so I have trouble betting on them in this stage of the tournament, even though I don't think too much of Miami. I I do like, though, Jim Laranega, just with the tournament experience, probably will have his team well prepared. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to probably force a bet in this game. Um, I thought I'd be betting Iowa State at plus three if it got there. Even if it got there, I'm not sure if I feel comfortable betting on Iowa State, given that they got probably pretty fortunate to beat Wisconsin on Sunday,
0: given the Badgers' poor shooting and then that injury to Chucky Hepburn. Give me the Hurricanes all the way. Give me give me the Hurricanes, the points. I'll, I'll lay that two and a half. I'm okay with it. And you look at the paths, and you mentioned it. I think Iowa State just had an easier path to get here. They, they didn't have to really uh, – bend themselves in a big way or anything like that they had to play an lsu team no coach they beat a wisconsin team who's a bad and had a bad shooting night they they were definitely overseeded at the three seed miami had a tougher tougher spot they had to get through auburn and They showed, and it wasn't like it was close. It wasn't like they beat them on a fluke shot. It wasn't like they took them to overtime. They stomped on them, 79-61, and and they stopped multiple runs by a really good Auburn team from coming back. So if I can get Miami at only minus 2.5, I would love to have gotten them as the underdog when it opened last weekend, but I didn't. So I'll take minus 2.5. I'll keep it under three under that one possession. Give me the Hurricanes. All day, minus 2.5.
1: Yeah, and Miami didn't even shoot well in their two wins, so maybe maybe there's something more there where they can yeah. even have a better game. Um, and they, I mean, if it's here, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think much of Iowa State, although one thing will to say, we talked about Kansas' potential home court advantage. Iowa State, I believe, Ames is only five or six hours away. They also have some alumni here or, or close by in between Chicago and Ames, so can see kind of a a Big 12 flare at the United Center on Friday with Kansas and Iowa State. You know, it'll kind of feel like the uh, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City.
0: Yep, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'll be there for stadium. So we'll be nice. uh, follow follow the Twitter account for that. We'll be posting some content from the United Center from uh, at least the Midwest region with uh, with our own Jeff Goodman. Should be fun. We'll we'll have some good content with Jeff. Um, but that'll do it for us. We've got, Nate, you got your golf articles that come out, watchstadium.com. you yep. got my NBA articles that are coming out. You can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We'll be posting stuff from the podcast on Stadium Bets as we did uh, throughout the NFL season. But, uh, Nate, if there's nothing else you want to add, we, uh, we can close it out.
1: Nope. The uh, best bet, Texas Tech for me um, on the money line, minus one. Um, if you want to wait until if, – if you think Deuce can become a favorite, then you can wait. But – I like Texas Tech at minus 115 on the money line or better, or minus one, whatever you can get and whatever is available to you. So that's it. We'll uh, try to come back next week with a Final Four episode, and then we'll try to figure out a a more of a set schedule from here. But happy to talk Sweet 16, and and good luck this weekend, everyone.
0: Good luck, and we'll see you all uh, next week. Talking Final Four.